It is Monday, October 9th, 2023 today. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. On the program today, Canada's overall trade surplus is up again and trade with the U.S. continues to climb. We're going to look at those numbers. Plus, StatsCan is out with a shocking job number. We're going to look at how that might affect the Bank of Canada's next rate decision. Also today, Ottawa is looking at options to limit Airbnbs in our Canadian cities. Tesla is lowering prices again. And finally on today's show, what does the massive bond sell-off mean for investors? Let's get started with today's news. Quick update here on our country's latest trade report. Stats Canada has released the most recent numbers and it showed that Canada posted a surprise 718 million US dollar surplus in the month of August. And this number was driven primarily by two things. There's a surge in transfers of gold into the US and also with higher crude prices. Now, as a sign of how difficult it can be to predict these things, a recent uh, Reuters poll of analysts had resulted in a forecast of $1.5 billion as a deficit. So there's about a $2.2 billion um, outage uh, on that uh, on that estimate. Exports to the United States uh, increased 5.2% in August, while imports from our southern neighbors actually rose just 0.6%. Now, as a result, uh, Canada's trade surplus with the United States widened from $8.2 billion in July to $10.4 billion in the month of August. Total exports for the month increased by 5.7%, and imports were just up 3.8%. Stats Canada has also released some pretty shocking numbers out of the Canadian job front, uh, reporting a net gain of 64,000 jobs for the month of September. And this absolutely blew away the estimate of 20,000 from the Bay Street Economist Group. Uh, unemployment, however, interestingly, remained steady at 5.5%. And there's the strong employment numbers came out, but those were offset by uh, the, the huge number of uh, population growth led primarily, in this case, uh, by immigration. Now in the month, the average hourly wage for permanent employees rose 5.3% uh, from September of last year. And it was also up uh, from the 5.2% annual raise that we saw in August. The increase in jobs was very narrowly based. And it was driven mostly by a gain of 66,000 jobs in the education sector. Um, this also though comes on the heels of a $44,000 decline um, in education employment in August. Overall, employee growth was also tilted more in favor of part-time workers than it was uh, for full-time workers in September. According to the report, about 75% of the jobs that were added were actually part-time. And this uh, might suggest that the labor market's uh, conditions are sort of continuing to ease beneath, uh, beneath the headlines. Um, another line of note is that self-employment was up by another 26,000 people. And self-employment is traditionally you know, the softest of the data. That 5.5% unemployment rate, it is reflective of the population growth that is continuing to surge. And even though uh, the jobs have gone up significantly, so has the population. So the overall labor market itself hasn't actually tightened that much. And this is presenting a challenge to uh, Tiff Macklem and his team there as they're trying to decide on whether at the next meeting, which happens on October the 25th, to either you know hold rates where they are or to raise them. And with this most recent news, and when you combine that with you know a, a renewed uptick in inflation, they might feel forced that they have to raise interest rates or of course at a minimum, uh, just keep them uh, where they are, keep them on hold for, for a longer period of time that they might otherwise uh, want to do. Now, if we use the interest rate swaps market as a guide, the markets today are pricing in about a 40% chance that the Bank of Canada will actually raise rates by a quarter of a point when it meets later this month. And those odds are up from just 28% a week ago. So you can see how, the, um, how these numbers uh, impact their decisions. 
Um, at the end of the day, the Bank of Canada really only has these two options. They can either raise rates or hold. Uh, there's, there's no realistic chance of them uh, lowering them right now. They're definitely going to be looking at these most recent reports for signs that the labor demand is easing. And you know, if they read between the lines uh, of these most recent numbers, they probably can find uh, a reason, an excuse uh, for either of the two options. They can either hold or raise. We'll see what they do in just a few weeks. The federal government has announced plans to limit the number of Airbnbs that you find in municipalities in order to uh, free up uh, more rental units. And it's been looking recently at a lot of different ways to address the housing affordability issues that we find in pretty much any community, doesn't matter where you look across the country. Um, in the new plan, the government is expected to try and induce the municipalities to limit the number of Airbnb units through uh, local bylaw amendments. And what it's doing is it's eyeing using the uh, the $4 billion um, housing accelerator fund um, to encourage municipalities to limit the number uh, of short-term rentals. And by using this tool, it feels that it could address the rental shortages in not only the larger cities like the Vancouver's, Toronto's, Montreal's, but also in smaller communities. And there's lots of reports of places like Whistler and Banff where there aren't even enough homes in those locales to, um, to even house the employees that are working there. Uh, another tool the government also could use is good old fashioned uh, taxation. They could uh, tweak things there to discourage um, owners from even taking the steps to listing their properties for short-term rentals. Uh, an example that has been floated is they could increase um, the GST that's charged on this uh, type of rental. Might be stretching it a little bit, but their options really are limited when it comes to this because you know housing, of course, is uh, the jurisdiction of each of those local municipalities. After recently reporting that it missed market delivery expectations, um, Tesla has cut the prices of both its Model 3 and its Model Y uh, vehicles. And since the start of 2023 now, they've dropped the prices on its Model 3s by 17% and on the Model Y long range variant by more than 26%. The standard Model 3 sedan in the US is now selling for $38,990. The Model Y long range costs $48,490 according to Tesla's website. Now, there are only three months remaining in its fiscal year and Tesla would have to deliver a record 476,000 more vehicles in the last three months to meet its target of delivering 1.8 million vehicles in this year. Bond yields in both the US and Canadian bond markets reached a 16 year high last week. The general thought here is that the current elevated interest rates we're seeing are going to last for some time yet. When we do see the shift in the sentiment in the bond market, it looks like there's basically an acceptance out there that the higher interest rates that we're seeing uh, right now may be with us for longer than originally anticipated. You know, with interest rates as high as they are today, a lot of people are looking and saying that the space is finally investable again. And for so long, uh, for so long, it has been under everyone's radar because you know, with the near zero returns we saw for so long, and then a horrible bond year in 2022, people were essentially uh, ignoring the space. Uh, this seems to have shifted now, and, and both short and long-term bond market investors are starting to feel um, that there may be an opportunity out there to take a position. Um, obviously, there remains a risk that the rates could go higher from here. That would obviously impact the values, uh, but it would probably be pretty short-term in nature if it did in fact happen. Uh, for investors with a medium to long-term time horizon, it might make sense to take a slice of your fixed income allocation in a portfolio um, and lock in these higher yields. Coming up later this week, tomorrow the IMF will release its World Economic Outlook. And this is a survey that they publish twice a year and it presents their IMF staff economists 
their analysis of the global economic development uh, for the near and medium term. That's always an interesting read. Also, Pepsi will report tomorrow. On Wednesday, not a ton of news, but the uh, U.S. Fed minutes from their September meeting will be released. Thursday, the U.S. CPI for September comes out. Delta Airlines, Walgreens um, will also be uh, releasing their earnings. And on Friday the 13th, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey comes out. That's uh, be interesting to see sort of what people out there are feeling. Um, also, we have earnings from uh, Citigroup. We have earnings from Wells Fargo. We have earnings from J.P. Morgan Chase and BlackRock. And finally, um, United Health Group reports on Friday as well. So um, as always, I will be back here on Wednesday. I'm here every Monday, every Wednesday with this type of an update. If you're not subscribed to the channel, I would encourage you to do that right now. Um, as always, I will put a link for our Investing Academy in the description of this video. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you in a couple of days.